0: We pray that we would rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for your faithfulness to us for 41 years through Ruth and Wallace. Uh, we pray that you would bless our time this afternoon. In your name we pray, amen. Um, at this point, I'm going to turn it over to Kaylin. She's been designated by the WIC ladies to sort of steer us through uh, the the uh, through the rest of the, t- the day. We, I think this will probably take an hour or so. Uh, Obviously, if you need to leave, get up and leave if you need to, but uh, we're going to turn it over to Kaylin. (laughs) On
1: behalf of the WIC, I would like to thank each one of you for coming out today. For all of the work, the preparation that went into this, um, Wallace and Ruth, I see Ruth. I think Wallace is, he may be doing that retirement nap right now. I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) But um, we knew, here he comes in the door. He probably was in the car napping. (laughs) Wallace, we're waiting on you. Okay. It is your retirement party. (laughs) Uh, but you know that you were loved. You're loved um, here at Filbert. Ruth's over here, Wallace. <laughs> You're loved at Filbert. You're loved at the, in the community. And um, I can't think of a better way to start back our covered dishes than um, in honor of the two of you, but also welcoming so many um, who are here at Filbert worshiping visiting, um, past members. Uh, So thank y'all for the opportunity for us to kick off our covered dishes again, starting with your retirement. (laughs) I know a lot of kids are excited. Um, We're going to start today. um, There's a lot of people, I can't imagine there's somebody missing, but there are. There are some people who wish they could be here, but for one reason or not, could not. And so they sent a message. So, Hunter Taylor and Caleb Jones are going to share some thoughts from um, some of your friends.
2: This first letter is from Ray Talley. Ray says, thanks for being my best pastor friend in York for my 16 plus years as pastor of Central Baptist. Thanks for visiting my wife and me at Baptist Hospital, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, during her last days. As you read some verses from the Psalms, she became very quiet and calm. The scripture penetrates even to the heart of one in a coma. May our great God give you many more years of ministry at Filbert Presbyterian. Love in Christ, Ray Talley.
3: From Al and Elaine Lecour in Sandy Springs, Georgia, they write, Dear Wallace, Ruth, and all of our special Filbert friends, we share your joy as you celebrate in February Wallace and Ruth's 40-plus years of faithful, fruitful ministry at Filbert Presbyterian Church. I remember a 1980 visit from our former mentor and PCA founder, Reverend Paul Settle at Second Presbyterian in Greenville. Pastor Settle had given my name to a new Texas PCA church plant, and I asked Paul, who will shepherd our beloved Filbert friends? And Pastor Settle replied, I think my youth pastor, Wallace Tinsley, would be an effective pastor for Filbert's future. Reverend Settle's foresight at that time is now 2020 hindsight on this special occasion, a quote from Eugene Peterson in his book on ministry and the Psalms of Ascent A long obedience in the same direction. What a good description of how Wallace has responded to Christ's calling and gifting in his life. While I, an old engineer, PCA honorably retired in 2018, was called by God to church renewal and developing ministry and missions, Wallace for me represents the gold standard of a faithful and fruitful pastor. Brothers, sister, friends, you are among the Lord's finest servants and leaders. By God's mercies in our Lord Jesus Christ, Al and Elaine LaCour.
2: This message is from Palmer and Joanna Robertson. It has been my privilege and blessing to know Wallace and Ruth since Wallace's enrollment as a student at Westminster Theological Seminary. Wallace so impressed me with his grasp of the biblical language of Hebrew that I did my best to have him added to the faculty of the seminary when he graduated, but it was not to be. Instead, in the wisdom and good purpose of God, Wallace and Ruth were launched into the pastoral ministry. In that critical role, they have served the Lord faithfully for 44 years How much better for God's people has been their service to Christ's church through the loving care of a pastor supported by his devoted wife. It is our joy to consider Wallace and Ruth among our dearest friends. We look forward to seeing what new avenues of ministry the Lord will open up before them, as they are definitely not the kind to wish to spend their retirement watching soap operas on TV with much love and deep appreciation for the friendship of, and love of Wallace and Ruth, Palmer and Joanna Robertson.
3: And finally, from Andrew Hain, Congratulations, Wallace. I am so thankful for you and your long ministry at Filbert. The Lord has used you and Mrs. Ruth in innumerable ways through your long and faithful service to him as the pastor of Filbert. As you enter this well-deserved retirement, I look forward to the many new ways the Lord will continue to use you as a tremendous blessing for your family and the church at large. I am thankful for the opportunity to imitate you as you imitate Christ, and pray that the Spirit will continue to develop in me the degree of love for Jesus, patience, generosity, joy, burden for all the saints, and compassion for the lost, hope, gentleness, kindness, faith, and boldness that burns in you. You are a joy, Wallace, and I thank the Lord as often as I think of you for how he has used your ministry in Filbert and in me. I pray that this new season may be one of family, rest, enjoying your study and writing, and that your mind and body and heart may prosper. Yours in our Father's service, Andrew.
1: And then we have some who... um or have been asked to come up and share personally, so it's not in writing, it's from their heart. I think they all know who they are, but we're kind of going to do it in this order. Robin Currents, Mark Palmer, Sandy Howell, Daniel Hall, Jen Ramsey, Joey Wood, and Bob Hall. So Robin? And Wally Tinsley. Well, I mean, like he's, he's, yeah, okay, Wally. (laughs)
4: Thank you. Um, I made notes, and I even timed this so that I would stay on time. And I'm going to stick with the notes so that I will. I have told um, several people, especially the pulpit committee, that I had six pastors from the time I was born until I was 20, and I've had one from 20 to age 60. Um, The ones who had the most effect on me growing up were, of course, Wayne and Judy Rogers and Alan Elaine LaCour. And they really did have a huge influence on me as a teenager um, and beginning to learn the word. I met Wallace and Ruth at a retreat, a teen retreat at Iwanataa when I was in the ninth grade. But I don't remember a lot about them. And I don't know why I don't remember a lot about them at Second Presbyterian when I went there during college. So they were just kind of out there in my life at that point. Um, but at Iwanataa in the ninth grade, I met Ruth's mother, and she wasted no opportunity to ask people if they were saved. She pinned the girls in my, ca- in my cabin down when we went to bed and asked us the first night, did we really know Jesus? And I remember thinking, I, I do, I do, but in the next four years, I was assured that I did. Wallace and Ruth came to Filbert when I was a junior at Clemson, and when I graduated, I came back, and they were my pastor. And I say that in the best sense because they have always been a team. Always, they influenced me in the singles group, and some of you don't know that we had a rocking singles group here at Filbert at one time. Um, we even produced one marriage, Bob and Susan. Um, Cindy Howell, Danny Houston, myself, Kathy Stowe, there may be some others I'm forgetting about. We had a lot of good times in that group. Wallace and Ruth have held my family up through a lot of times, a lot of good times and a lot of bad times, and sometimes I remember more of the bad times. We had a house fire, we had lots of illnesses, we had depression, we had crisis, we had crisis. And I really think you probably spent more hours with currencies than anybody else if you added it up. Um, I wish it weren't that way, and I appreciate every single one of them. In 2002, a lot of you know that I had a terrible illness. I was in the hospital for 37 days, and I know that at least 30 of those days, either Dave or Wallace was there to minister to me. And then Ruth and I had the privilege of the youth choir, which was one of the most fun things that I've ever done here at Filbert. Now, I realize those of you who were in the youth choir probably don't feel that way because you were forced to go, but Ruth and I had a great time with it, and we still look back on it with great fondness. I just got back from the Women in the Church Leadership Training in Atlanta, and I was reminded that the word and relationships are what all of our programs have to be built on, And I think that Wallace and Ruth have always pointed us to that, to the word first and then to relationships. And by the grace of God, they have always been consistent in that. My sister is here. Um, Some of you don't know that I have a sister. Some of you have never met her. She is here today. And I'm so thankful she was able to make it. Um, She has her own good and funny memories of babysitting the Tinsley children. So if y'all want to share any of those later, you can do that. Um, and she also had the privilege of having Wallace and Ruth in her later teen years and being an influence on her. And they have continued to support her and her family, as many of you have continued to pray for her family in Gastonia. Also at the leadership training, there was the verse was mentioned about living stones. I did not know that verse was going to come up in worship today, 1 Peter 2.5. And what we talked about at leadership training is that a rock by itself is not worth a lot. But when you put it together, like when you build a rock wall, it's very strong and it can accomplish something. And I think that Wallace and Ruth have helped build us into living stones, and I can never thank them enough. So I'm going to stop here before I go to the tears. Thank you so much.
0: Good afternoon. It's my pleasure to be here today, and I want to tell you that uh, this church is very special to me. I'm going to tell you a little story about how Holly and I came to this church. I was raised in a seldom-practicing Roman Catholic church, and so when I reached my formative years, I, I really had no understanding of what it was like to belong to a church. I generally just attended the church with the lady that I was dating at the time. When Holly and I were married and moved to our home in 1996, we were seeking a church where we could raise children and put down roots. We found a liberal church here in York where the congregation was friendly and very warm. It was a beautiful structure and seemed to be an anchor for the downtown community. We joined that church. Over time, it became evident to us that Sunday attendance was more a social club gathering than a worship service to a holy God. It bothered us, but just not quite enough to make a change. It was probably the first Sunday after my second tour on active duty that I had a visceral and invisible reaction to a secular message of being sandwiched between uh, an Old Testament uh, scripture and a New Testament scripture. I, I rolled my eyes in disbelief and I realized that, that this, this should not be done in a, in a church. I finally reached a point where my hunger uh, for, for true worship exceeded my tolerance the move was inevitable. The next Sunday, Holly and Savannah and I left our home to find a new church, uh, one where, the, where worshiping the Lord was the real purpose for attending. And we were on our way to the ARP Church in downtown York. But unexplainably, I decided to turn left on Smith Road, and we found ourselves facing Filbert Presbyterian Church. Holly said to me, as we sat at that stop sign, well, this is supposed to be a, a, a conservative church, so we went in. Hearing Wallace Tinsley preach and teach the Word of God with Dave Hall assisting was just overwhelming. In all of my years of sitting in pews, I had never known such inspiration. As Holly and I walked out of the car, we both knew in our hearts that this was a special place. Before we even got to the car, we had decided that we were home and we didn't need to visit any other place. Since 2007, well, you know what? I want to break away for one second and mention Ruth, in and her, and her ministry, um, Holly got news one day while I was at work uh, that she had breast cancer, and she was absolutely distraught, and the only thing I could think to do because I couldn't get away in time was call Ruth Tinsley, and Ruth Tinsley jumped up from whatever she was doing and w- met Holly and, and comfort her in that time of trouble, and it just, uh, I thank God for, for that family. Ruth and Wallace, thank you for what you've done. Since 2007, we've been members of this worshiping body, and I say unequivocally that every service I've ever attended here has met that purpose of worshiping the Lord God, and I thank God regularly for causing my momentary distraction and direction and routing that led us to this place and you people. Praise God for the mysteries we don't yet understand and for the times when his handiwork is so obvious that it can't be overlooked. Um... I've got, I've got another privilege today. I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, ask Wallace if you'll come up here. I'd like to present him a certificate from Congressman Ralph Norman. And as he's making his way up here, uh, I'll read the c- certificate to you. But there will also be a pronouncement in the uh, House of Representatives records. And, and if you'll privilege me that, I'll read the citation that uh, Congressman Norman will present to the House of Representatives. Wallace, come on over. The, the citation here is brief, but the, the congressional message will be a little bit longer. This is a certificate of special congressional recognition presented to Pastor Hugh Wallace Tinsley, Jr., in recognition of 41 years of faithful and loving service to the Lord, to the community of York, South Carolina, and to Filbert Presbyterian Church. Thank you, Wallace. Thank you. Thank you. So I'll present that to him. And if you'll bear with me, I'll, I'll read rather quickly the, um, the citation. It says, it starts with Proverbs 16, 9, the heart, of man, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Pastor Hugh Wallace Tinsley, Jr. retires on February 27, 2022 from 41 years of faithful service to God's people at Filbert Presbyterian Church, preaching and teaching the word of God, helping them to grow in their faith and leading many others to Christ on the way. Wallace began his ministry at Filbert Presbyterian Church in February 1981. He has faithfully served both the church at Filbert the community of York for 41 years. In the pattern of the Apostle Paul, Wallace and his wife Ruth have lovingly shared not only the gospel, but their very lives with the people of Filbert. Wallace Tinsley was born and raised in Chester, South Carolina, he graduated from Davidson College and went on to Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia. He served at Second Presbyterian Church in Greenville, South Carolina for about two years and came to Filbert Presbyterian in February of 1981. He married his beloved wife, Ruth, in 1973, and they have four adult children and 15 grandchildren. Over the course of 41 years, he's been able to minister to multiple generations from the cradle to the grave, with all the milestones in between. He helped to start the Fellowship Christian Athletics group at the York Conference of High School. He also helped to start the Release Time Bible Education program in York School District 1, and encouraged the homeschooling community in York County in its early days. Wallace firmly believes in investing in younger ministers, mentoring many in their training and ministry. In God's economy, to steal the line from Dave earlier, in God's economy, success is measured by faithfulness. Wallace has faithfully modeled a life of integrity, humility, service, and leadership, demonstrating with his life and teaching what it means to follow Jesus Christ. It's quite difficult to put into words an adequate summary of appreciation for Wallace's many years of labor, and only time and eternity will reveal how God uses it. And the friends and family that surround him are eager to see how God uses him from this point on. Thank you.
5: Didn't take a lot of notes. That's my notes. So I'm gonna kind of wing it. Um, I went to Filbert as a young child, often unknown, because my grandmother Howell lived here, and if we came for the weekend, we would <clears throat> we would come to Filbert. So that's how I kind of had started with coming to Filbert. And then in 1976, uh, we moved here to York from from Charlotte. Um, growing up, we just went different churches. So then we started coming pretty much to Philbert and we found that this was our home. In fact, when we joined the church, there was not a minister here. Um, and then uh, we had come right after Wayne and Judy Rogers had left. So then we joined the church and um, we were under the ministry of Otto Wiesmann and then Al and Elaine LaCour and then in 1981, Wallace and Ruth came, and the story goes on. Well, shortly <clears throat> after Wallace came, uh, through Ed Hope's insight in it, I became the church secretary. Uh, probably for some 12 years, um, I had another job, a part-time job with the with York County, so they had offered me in 1993 to uh, start full-time, so that's when... We were not, I was not able to be the church secretary anymore, so then Janet Dees has took over, and she's still here 29 years later. Um, Wallace, you could always look up, and there would be Wallace. No matter if it was late at night or early in the morning, there was Wallace. Um, in fact, not long ago, I now live in Gaffney, and he had asked me could he come and, and visit with me, so he trekked to Gaffney. Um... Kind of by how the crows flew because he got lost a few times. The interstate got him and different things. So he came with the famous Ruth Tinsley zucchini bread in hand. But he came, and throughout the years, he was, he's was he been a blessing to my extended family. They have known and loved Wallace as much as I have. Uh, he was there um, When different family members passed away, he was there with my mama when she took her last breath. Um, And there have been funny times. uh, When Wallace and Ruth were coming to check Filbert out, we were having a Halloween party. Everyone was dressed different ways. There was even rumor of a gunshot, um, (laughs) a blank shot. So he did what Ruth and Wallace did actually come, even though that was their beginning with Filbert. Um but and then Mama would always do her, her so-called vegetable casserole, which was actually homemade fudge, so <laughs> but um, I'm just thankful for their life here, and they're just starting another phase in their life. So um, kudos to y'all, and we love y'all.
6: Hey, I'm Daniel Hall. Um, Wallace and Ruth came, I think, when I was six months old. Um, I still remember Wallace's laugh when I was six months old. <laughs> uh, that's not really true, but um, well, I've, I'd write a few things down, too, because I'm trying not to get too emotional talking about this, just thinking about how intertwined Wallace and Ruth are um, in our daily lives. Um, I think about every morning when i leave for work and taking my boys to school and we hang right out of our driveway and we see my uncle bob and aunt susan with their lights on and getting moved on or moving around the farm and then drive by wallace and Ruth's house and see lights on and maybe one or both cars already gone off visiting or doing uh serving however they do and just the encouragement that is uh, that we're all in it together as we go off every day into the world um we're, we're going along with each other and fighting in this fight uh, together. And so um, I've always uh, appreciated that my last 11 years being here um, in this community. I was gone for a little while after college, Um, but also thinking about just the small things, how um, probably a lot of you in this room, you could act out the Ten Commandments right now if you had to. You'd start probably doing a six-shooter and talking about a 10-speed bike, and some of y'all know what I'm talking about there with the way Wallace has taught us the, the Ten Commandments, um, but those things stick with you, and, and they're important because um, they shape the way that we live each day, and so um, I appreciate Wallace and Ruth's uh, perseverance. A couple of weeks ago, he talked in his sermon about persevering and keep on keeping on, and he's talked about that a lot over the years, and um, that's always been an encouragement to, to me and to my family. Uh, how y'all persevered for 41 years here. Um, and then so just, you know, thinking about today, how do we thank Wallace and Ruth? Um, to me, that's difficult to do because a lot of y'all have the same type stories that we've already heard already that I do, uh, where Wallace and Ruth ministered to you in your, your deepest, darkest hours. Um, it's difficult to put that into words. How do you thank somebody for that? Um, and so I think the way that we can do that the best. We keep doing what they've done. right? We don't, we're not going to do it the same way that they did. Nobody can be Wallace and Ruth. Um, I can't make bread. Right? Um, I sure can't sing during a sermon. Right? And I will say I've been here for 41 years and that Wallace, you still catch me off guard every time you break out in a song in a sermon. Um, but, but we can't do those things exactly the same way that they have. Uh, but you all have little ways that you serve other people. And and that's, uh, to me, that's the way that we can best say thank you um, is by continuing to do what they've done, whether that's writing a, a card, taking somebody a loaf of bread, visiting people in the hospital, reading the Bible to our kids, teaching them to act out a verse like Wallace has done so many times. Um, just simply sharing the love of Jesus with those around us. Uh, to me, that's how we... Uh, thank Wallace and Ruth and continue uh, their legacy here. Um, so we thank y'all for the 41 years. Um, I, I was thinking you used Pilgrim's Progress in the sermon today. We're, we're doing that with the kids in Sunday school right now. Um, and right at the beginning of Christian's journey, he is encouraged by Evangelist, who's supposed to be represent the preacher uh, in our lives. Um, and Evangelist in the story is just always encouraging Christian, hey, stay on the path, keep your eyes on the light. And I think we'd all agree that's what Wallace and Ruth have done here for 41 years, constantly encouraging us, stay on the path, keep your eyes on the light. Um, Whatever we're going through, they've been constantly faithful and uh, encouraging us along the way. So uh, thank you all very much for how you've done that.
7: I'm Jen Ramsey, Inquirer's class of 2011. <laughs> and you're now entering the serious portion of the program, so everybody buckle up. <laughs> uh, we heard some from some more of your friends, Wallace. Uh, Piedmont Medical Center called. They already miss you, they, they're going to miss your smiling face. Every morning when you're there waiting for the doors to open for visiting hours, um, they did want to send along that you need to give your badge back. Um, the, The employee break room is closed for you now. And um, so we heard from them. We heard from uh, a few others. Uh, Let's see, Novant, Carriamont, Atrium, Spartanburg, Prisma, MUSC, and the VA. They all send their regards. (laughs) (laughs) So I have three points I want to discuss about Wallace and Ruth. And you can refer to your outline and your bulletin. (laughs) Point one, Wallace and Ruth ministers to all, and I capitalized the word all, Raise your hand if Wallace Wallace and or Ruth has ministered to you in any possible way. Raise your hand. All right, somebody count that, please. (laughs) Raise your hand if you know anybody outside of the Filbert community, outside of being a member of the Filbert Church, that Wallace and or Ruth has ministered to. Well, I was one of those. I was... Well, I've, uh, as you know, I'm class of '11, so I haven't been here as long as some other, which I'm very jealous of people that have been here a very long time. That's, uh, that's just amazing, all these stories of a lifetime here at uh, Filbert. But uh, the, the, the time, um, February of, uh, February 6, 2009, was a Friday, and uh, Wallace was at my bedside at the hospital. We had, we had just lost our first baby. Um, I had no idea how much you guys were praying for us. You were praying for us because mom and dad were already minister- or already uh, members here. So now I know exactly how much you guys were praying for us. But uh, my mom and dad, they didn't call him. He came. He he grieved with us. He cried with us. He prayed for us. And, and he was just went there. So that's just one story of probably thousands that even my little tribe has that, uh, you know, looking at the show of hands out here. You guys have an amazing impact in this community and this church, and, and we're very thankful. Uh, Wallace and Ruth, people of detail, point number two. Point number two, Wallace and Ruth, people of detail. Uh, I realized quickly that Wallace and Ruth want to know all the details. So just this week, I was going to crack a joke about Wallace and all his crown, Ford Crown Vicks, so I texted Ruth, and I was like, w- what was that white car? Was it a Ford Crown Vic? And this was her response. Laughter <laughs> Yes, 1984, Tom Hope was our mechanic for a long time. You know, Tom Hope Jr.'s father. That's what he advised Wallace to get, to replace the Chevette, because he liked Ford. There's space in there to work on, there's a V8 engine, there's room to carry other people, and it'll last a long time. He had a host of reasons. Wallace had three Ford Crown Vicks. The white one was Bob and Jeanette Currences. Robin alerted Wallace when Bob traded it in at the Ford place and Wallace immediately went down there. They didn't even have it cleaned up, ready to sell yet. Someone else expressed interest and was told the preacher has already asked. (laughs) So (laughs) that's the level of detail they expect from us when they ask us how we're doing. (laughs) I said, you you can't just respond to them, I'm going in for a test. You can't do that. You got to know what kind of test. Who's your doctor? What does it measure? When is the test? Where is the test? How do you feel about the test? When do you get the results? Do you need a ride there? Can I take your trash out for you? (laughs) Why are they such people of detail? And my answer is they want to understand completely what's going on. They pray in that level level of detail. They love in that level of detail. They care in that level of detail. And their walk with Christ is in that level of detail. Point number three. This is going to throw you guys. This is a good one. Wallace and Ruth, the competitors. Have you ever played a game with Wallace and Ruth? (laughs) Anybody? Let's talk about Reformation Party 2011. (laughs) So the adults were playing this game where you line up in these rows and you got a balloon and you try to hit it over the other team, the opponent's head, everybody knows the game, every Reformation Party. So we were playing that. So I was scouting out. This is our first Reformation Party. So this is new for me. So I'm scouting out the competition and I see Chad Jones and Chad Parker. They're in the back row. And I'm like, hey, we got to get it past Chad Jones and, and Chad Parker. And I look over there, and I lock eyes with Ruth Tinsley, you know, sweet Proverbs 31 Ruth Tinsley. I lock eyes with her, and she says, you got to get it past me first. <laughs> so, this lady, I mean, she was like a spider monkey out there. There were arms everywhere. I mean, I had a balloon taste in my mouth for weeks. It was, it was crazy. But they're all in fun. We've had a, we have great times at those Reformation parties, and every time we've done any type of, any type of game with Wallace and Ruth, everything uh, a lot of fun. I mean, it's not always just a, just a, serious, a serious path forward that uh, we, we really enjoyed spending time with you. So we're thankful for both of you and your ministry. Uh, we're blessed by you. We're blessed, uh, we're, it's a big blessing to have you in our lives, your ministry, your friendship, your marriage, your love, your guidance, your advice, your smiles, your concern, your support, and of course your prayers. You're leaving Filbert on a solid rock we stand, and we're so very appreciative. Thank you.
8: My name is Joel Wood, and the Wick will re- regret the day that they asked me to do this uh, <clears throat> because I never make any notes, and I don't have anything that scares my wife to death. Um, I'll set my timer. That, don't do that. Uh, you know, it wasn't always good for Wallace when he first came here 41 years ago. My mother's house was sort of a congregating place for people in Filbert back in the day, and Bon Geddes was a good neighbor, and he came over one Saturday morning to have coffee. And I was in, happened to be there that morning visiting with my mother. And my mother was very interested in the community. And she says, well, Bonnie, says, uh, how's your new minister doing? And Bond says, well, he's got a wonderful wife, but he's got a lot to learn, and he's got a long way to go. <laughs> and uh, I don't think Bond realized that 41 years was that long way. Uh, as, a, as an outsider, uh, I got a couple of names for Wallace. He is the community pastor. And uh, my first ex- real experience with Wallace as a community pastor, my wife was a math teacher at York High School, and this young girl her um, was a basketball player, softball player, president of the senior class, uh, president of FCA, And just the wonderful person, and her mother died unexpectedly. And Wallace was the five-minute preacher of one of three at the funeral. And Wallace said, got up, read a little scripture, and he said, "Well," and there was about 200 students there from York High School. And Wallace says, "Well, life's just like going to school." So you walk into class that day and you're not prepared was the first thing the teacher says. Pull out your paper and pencil. We're going to have a pop test. And he says life is a pop test. Be prepared. And he sat down. My wife said that had more impact on her students than anything she had ever witnessed in her life. Life is a pop test. Be ready. And I think she, throughout the years, has, has related that story. Uh, and the the other story that I have, well, i got two other stories, but the other story I have is how many of you know Wallace has lousy rhymes and riddles? <laughs> uh, I was a soccer coach, and I had the, I wasn't a very good soccer coach, but uh, I had the privilege of coaching most of the Tinsley children, and at the end of the year, they would always have an end-of-the-year party for our team. And I said, man, that's great. Why would anybody go to that trouble to have an end-of-the-year party for a team? Well, little did I know, but we old Evangelist Wallace was going to pop up. Uh, we had, and I remember the most was was Everett, and when his daddy started these riddles, he knew all the answers, so he could get them first, and he he would be the big guy. You know, i know all the answers. But Wallace would go through all these riddles and rhymes and, and tales to kids that probably had not heard about Jesus. Most of them hadn't. And by the end of that um, family cookout or team cookout, every one of them knew a little bit about Jesus. And, and Mike out there can tell you, they tell you when you're starting to be a coach, you can't say anything about Jesus. They'll throw you out. But Wallace worked it in. And I was sure I was going to be sued by some of the families, but we never had a problem. And Wallace was the evangelist to the community. And my other nickname for Wallace is Radar, and, and I think Jen has already started on it. I'm going to tell you some of the gruesome details to get to the point. Uh, about 3 o'clock one morning, I, uh, <clears throat> I told my wife I was having a heart attack, and I needed to go to the Piedmont West, which was right down the corner, And she gets in the car and said, you got to drive. And I get down to the stoplight at Bilo now is when Bilo was the food line or something else. And she stopped at the stoplight because it was red. I said, Ann, this ain't any time to be obeying traffic laws. Let's go. So she gets me to the place. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Piedmont West takes me in there. And the lady says, what's wrong, Mr. Wood? I said, I'm having a heart attack. Well, they put me in there, get me all Wired up and everything. They start taking me out to the, to the wagon to transport me to Rock Hill. Things go really bad really quick. And I have to do the shock treatments and all that stuff. And it's about 3 30 in the morning. And I get in the back of the, the wagon, and the, the, the guy that finally gets me awake tells me all about the bad things that had happened. Said, Now, Mr. Wood, I want you to do one thing for me. He said, Don't close your eyes. I want you to keep your eyes open. So if you got your eyes open, I know you're alive. So I said, I can do that, so, but really it gave me something to think about on the way to, to, to Rock Hill to get there, and it's about four o'clock in the morning, and uh, the doctor's there waiting on me, whips me in the thing, gets my stent put in, everything starts feeling better, bring me back out. I still hadn't closed my eyes. Eyes are still open, and uh, the, the nurse says, uh, Mr. Wood, uh, are you in any pain? I said, yeah, I think probably a little bit. So she said, I'm going to give you a a shot but says why are you holding your eyes open I said well the guy in the wagon told me to keep them open and uh, so she said well you can close them she gave me this shot and I, I drifted off into a foggy uh, morphine induced sleep and when I wake up in the foot of the bed it's probably closer to maybe five thirty or 6 o'clock in the morning I see somebody <coughs> at the foot of the bed like this who do you think that was? <laughs> 5.30 in the morning, he's not even my minister. And he says, can I pray for you? Oh, no, he said, yeah, can I pray for you? Can I read from scripture? And I said, yes. So that was the minister and the evangelist to the community. You didn't have to be a member of his church to show his love and compassion for Jesus Christ and for you. And that was a you know, changing moment in my life. And you know, a few years later. Here I am, but we all have a lot to owe to Wallace and to Ruth, and they did have a long way to go, and they finally made it, (laughs) and uh, we we hope you enjoy your retirement. Thank you.
9: Well, Joel, my wife tried to get me to write out a speech but I was like you I did not write notes um, but there were two things and most everyone has shared of how he Wallace you were a, a minister to the community your outreach heard it over and over over the last weeks how your outreach has brought many to the church um, the, one, the other point I would like to emphasize is, is uh, how you led and um, humbly led the sessions uh, over the generations um, we came here in '76 when I was a young teenager, and uh, I think what was in the back of our minds—I feel like was in the back of everybody's mind, regardless of generations—when you came in '81, because we'd already gone through some tough times, and and um, we'd had two good pastors to come and go. And we thought, well, we're a little country church, and we're always going to be resigned to the fact of being a stepping stone for these young pastors that want to go on to bigger and better places. And um, that was in the back of our mind. And that's the first time I'd heard the story about Palmer already trying to recruit you before you came here. And was, that was what was in the back of our mind that, you know, Wallace would probably be going teaching Hebrew in seminary within a year or two. Uh, in God's grace, you've you're been here for 41 years. Um, and as uh, someone said earlier, a week or so ago, that you're exactly what we needed at the time the Lord provided that stability that we needed. I observed as a young man, as, young, uh, as a teenager in those younger years of how you um, brought the session together uh, and you worked with uh, men. You listened and you were patient. Uh, you let it be a 4-3 vote uh, and you went with whatever the majority said. Uh, I've seen that in place uh, as uh, I'm on the session now, that uh, you let us discuss and have disagreement. Uh, We come to a majority decision. It's it's that Psalm 130, wait on the Lord. You have that gift of waiting, see where the Lord's leading, leading the congregation, leading the majority, then we all get behind it. And that's been a blessing. It was a blessing to observe it, as uh, being on the outside has been a blessing to observe it as we go through ticklish issues and that's what's kept us together Uh, um, and I'm sure it's hard as a pastor uh, to not want to jump on whatever your feelings are and jump on the side so it's very difficult to listen and wait and see where, where the Lord's leading and I'll just give two examples that I think usually are pretty divisive issues in a congregation. There's one, when this building was built, um, I remember us having a lot of debate and discussion about building it half the length that it is. Because we'd always, the previous generations, had a real strong feeling about don't build something unless you've got the money in the pocket to build it. Don't borrow money. And there's a lot of wisdom in that. Don't borrow any money to build it. Well we had a lot of discussion between sort of between the generations, do we go ahead and build it the full length, or do we build it the half the length and add on later when we get the money? Well, as y'all can see, we built it the full length and we borrowed the money. I think probably for the first time uh, this congregation had ever borrowed money and um, in just a few short years, um, uh, anonymous gift came in and helped pay that off, it's all paid off just very shortly, but just how you navigated that between the generations and differences of thoughts and um, how you worked with the congregation keeping us all together probably the other thing is is the other issue that's I think all churches really struggle with the pandemic and how to manage through that, there again you sat and listened uh, a lot of times it would, would be some not heated, but very different opinions on how to manage through the pandemic. Again, you, the Lord bless you with the gift of listening and um, to different sides and bringing us all together and um, keeping church moving forward, uh, valuing each other's opinions and their, their, where they come from, and, and but yet we all gather behind what the majority decides. So. That's, it's been a blessing um, to these past 41 years, and I've been reading through the Old Testament now, and you see how so many of the careers David served for 40 years. Uh, they're wandering in the desert for 40 years. We have been wandering around for 40 years here. Uh, we've been enjoying the Lord's blessings and Wallace leading and working with the session and the diaconate uh, and leading and, and um, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you.
1: So I want to take a break. As Wally's coming up, Wallace and Ruth have been with many of us through births and deaths and marriages, sickness and health. Um, But we've been there with them too. But some of us only remember like additional members of their family, and it has significantly grown, as we all know, but I don't know that we've all had a chance to see the adult Wally, Robison, Clara, and Averett, and all the people attached to them. So Wally, as the eldest in your family, would you come up, and before you say anything, would you have your family members kind of like stand up and your little ones and you don't have to name all the names because then they're going to feel bad if their uncle doesn't get the right name but maybe they can stand up in family groups so we can see who belongs to whom and so forth
10: we'll see if they're all in the room we'll see we we haven't we haven't we haven't haven't, uh, rehearsed this but sure so i'm wally uh uh you want to stand up my eowyn is my wife And then my children, Rianwin, Alden, Corwin, Bennett, Bennett, stand up, and (coughs) Elise. And Elise is standing up already on the floor. (laughs) Robinson and Natalie are here. Benjamin, Benji's over here. Callie is there between them. Cole is somewhere. Oh, there's Cole. (coughs) And Quinn is there. With Natalie. And then Clara is here. Brooks is not here. Her husband Brooks is in the process of moving from Seattle. But Clara and Mary Ruth and Ezekiel and Courage are there. And then Everett is here. His wife Jamie is not here today. But McKnight, his oldest, is here. And then we are also missing James and... Liam. So, that's the immediate descendant. See, yeah, I got them all. <laughs> Barely. <clears throat> all right. 41 years, almost to the day. And some of you here well remember, and some of you may be surprised to find out that I'm older than that, I was here 41 years ago when mom and daddy first moved into what was then a Filbert Mance on Highway 321, 41 years ago when I first came here to Filbert. This weekend has been a celebration and a culmination of what we will forever label a full pastorate. It's a ministry, a faithful shepherding, a life being lived in community of believers. These 41 years are an example of what it looks like to live out the gospel, what it looks like to love Jesus and to be loved by him, what it looks like to live faithfully in community day in and day out until he comes or we're called home to heaven. But I want to take the next few minutes, though, and turn the attention on you. You who are members of this body, you who are members of this community, you who are members of this family— you who have been a part of these many years of ministry. I want to thank you and then recognize those who are no longer here with us, having joined that great cloud of witnesses. Now, I don't know exactly what that means from Hebrews 12 and whether they can hear the sound of my voice right now or whether they can see us. And I'm not going to try to name everybody or share a memory for each of you or for each of them. But in memory and with gratitude, I would like to thank you with broad sweeping categories and a few of the particulars spelled out. As I do so, I hope you'll hear the echoes of all the love that you have given. For my brothers, my sister, and for me, you in this room and in this community are our first and longest running friendships. Now, you realize that will still be true after any measure of eternity has passed. You are our childhood Sunday school teachers, our only and best we ever had. You are our babysitters. You are our coaches. You cut our hair. You're our first employers. You're our Cub Scout den leaders and Scoutmasters. You're our youth directors, leaders, and volunteers. You're the ones who taught us to sing praises to the king in choirs, in Vacation Bible School, and in weekly worship. You taught us to build bluebird houses, paint ceramics, sand, stain, hammer in finishing nails at Vacation Bible School crafts. Again, even eternity will not make these firsts and other markers untrue. Even as you did for us, you taught us, as you plowed our garden, you planted our trees, you gave us our pets, you split our firewood, you taught us to run wire for a new light, to cut a new door in a wall, to install a shower, put up a basketball goal, build a shed, string up a fence, rebuild an engine. You took us uh, rock climbing, rappelling, camping, hiking, canoeing. You taught us to play games, to memorize scripture, to communicate with sign language, and to share our testimonies of which you are a part. Um, You taught us to serve and minister by your examples and by giving us the opportunity to do the same. You have shared your lives with us. We've skateboarded in your driveways. We rode bikes together. We swam in your pools. We fished and frog-gigged in your ponds. We rode your motorcycles, four-wheelers, three-wheelers. We messed about in your boats. We rode your horses. We drove your tractors. We rode in the back of your pickup trucks. We camped in your woods and fields. We cut Christmas trees specially chosen from your properties. You have fed us in our home, in your homes, at cover dish dinners, at church picnics, at church breakfasts, Oyster stew, deviled eggs, secret barbecue sauce, secret and special chocolate fudge, spicy cheese rings, sourdough bread, cinnamon roll, fried fried chicken, mashed potatoes, green beans, corn on the cob, marinated salads, and this is a list that goes on and on and on and on. You have given of yourselves your time, your money, your love. You sent us Valentine's cards, you made us care packages, You sent us and took us to Ridgehaven, to Mexico, and around the world for Jesus, and for us to grow in our relationship to him. You gave us birthday gifts and Christmas ornaments. You gave us our first color TV, which we stored on the floor of the coat closet until it was time to use it. You gave us our family tent for camping. You gave us annual Christmas poundings, a camcorder, a VCP, and then a VCR, Some of y'all are going to need to ask an older neighbor, and then you might have to ask a neighbor older than that if you don't know what those words mean. You taught us about Jesus. You showed us Jesus. You prayed for us, with us, and over us. You were our buddies. You taught us to live by the fruit of the Spirit and to be fruit inspectors. In all these areas, there are other places, other events, other moments. But like Gideon, Barak, and Samson... In the Hall of Faith, time would fail me to tell of you and of those. When you get to heaven, if any of you should wonder aloud, Lord, when did we see you? It'll be no surprise to me when Jesus turns, looks at you and answers, Truly I say to you, anytime you loved on Wallace and Ruth, Wally Robinson, Claire and Everett, you did it to me. And so... As you continue to serve, and love, and follow our Savior, I encourage you to continue with the same long love, long suffering, and for a long time. I call on you to carry on faithfully, as you carry on as you have already begun. I call you to the glorious opportunity in the context of this community, to love on, to live with, and minister alongside Dave and Carly, Karis barrett and piper for the sake of king jesus and until he comes thank you and we love you
1: wallace and ruth y'all did good (laughs) the lord did he certainly did um All right, while the choir is going to come up at this time to sing a song, um, somebody made reference to Wallace's riddles and so forth. I couldn't let this go by. Okay, Wallace, what does a pastor use when bugs get into his vegetable garden? And I'm sure Wallace is going to be gardening during his retirement. So what does he use when bugs get into his vegetable garden during the benediction? Lettuce spray. (laughs) (laughs) Ha-ha! And now the choir. (laughs) I don't normally say anything I would rather sing, but the song that we're going to sing is called Shout and Be Glad. And I think most everyone has heard this, and I think we've done it 18 times since 2003. But the verse, (laughs) Zechariah 4, 5, not by might. Not by power. I think you'll find that familiar from the letter and from a request from Wallace as well. Thank you. Okay,
4: five on the back.
1: Wallace and Ruth, would you please come forward? As we're preparing to close our program today, we're asking Wallace and Ruth to come forward. Just come on up on the stage. So we've got several presentations we would like to make at this time. And it's just a very small drop in the bucket of our appreciation to you. Um, Forty-some years is, wow, is wonderful. And I, along with my family and the rest of the Filbert family, am very thankful that God placed you here for us. You've ministered to us. I hope in some way you've been ministered to as well. We wouldn't want to wring you dry, um, but know that you're family, and we love you with all of our hearts. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right, those with presentations, uh, You, many of you have seen the video. Uh, if you haven't, you're You didn't look up here. Right over here. It was playing yesterday. Um, Olivia Reed. Many of you contributed pictures to that, but Olivia put it together. Thank you, Olivia. I saw her walking around with the camera. Um, Thank you. Right down front. I'm looking over her. Thank you. Um, There is a scrapbook in the back that has these pictures there. So we made a scrapbook for the church. But we made a scrapbook for you, too. So, Sandy... Jones? (laughs) Jones, <laughs> y'all heard Wally say that like the color TV didn't come out of the closet much. Well, probably
11: afternoon to watch Mister Rogers. <laughs> okay, for Mister
1: Rogers, it did. <laughs> so you don't have to turn your computer and TV on. You have the pictures in hand in a book that you can enjoy. Um, we have some beautiful artwork. We have some talented members of our congregation. Leslie and Karis together have worked on this framed picture. It's the church building. Wallace has taught us all. I feel backwards here. Wallace has taught us all that the, build, the church is not the building. This is the church. Whether you're a member of Filbert or not, you are part of the church. But the picture is of Filbert, the building. With our verse on top. And um, Leslie and Karis. Y'all want to get closer. (laughs) So that does not go in the church. That goes with you (laughs) too. And um, Wally. uh, Wally you must have been like reading my notes or something. Uh, Wally also made mention of when he moved here with his parents uh, 41 years ago, that they moved into the Filbert manse that later became owned by Wallace and Ruth as their home. So it's not Filbert's, it's the Tinsley's where they will continue to reside. And Lily Parker has done a painting of that home. And for those of us who are less talented, um, money's always a good thing. (laughs) So Chris, on behalf of the uh, congregation, would like to um, make a monetary gift to the two of you. Once again, a small drop in the bucket to our appreciation. Presenters, if y'all would like to be seated, don't shoot me because it was in my notes. Wallace, at this time, if you would like to share or have any words, this is your moment at the mic. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Did he you run off? He <laughs> went to get something. <laughs> Retirement. What are we? He's laid into the party And then he just takes (laughs) off When we give him the mic (laughs) I'd
12: like to ask uh, Dave and Carly to come up
11: Plan ahead yeah, of time, so we're figuring it out on the fly. I wasn't gonna bring this up here, but since everybody else wrote theirs out, I'm I'm holding mine in my hand. <laughs> this weekend has been absolutely overwhelming in a the most beautiful sense. I mean, I, I don't even really have words, but my heart is so full. And interestingly, Wally has said a lot of in a more expanded way of what was on my heart to say. Y'all have just poured out your love for us for all these years. And yes, Kaylin, wherever you are, we feel very loved. Um, I mean, that's just who Filbert has been all along. And part of that is how you've let us walk with you. You didn't have to let us do that. And we've just been repeatedly amazed at how you let us be part of your lives. And that's just such a privilege for us to help bear one another's burdens as pilgrims. Who said that? Daniel, talking about, that was, that was beautiful, Daniel. That Just the realization, thinking about how we're walking together on the path. And you have loved us unconditionally. You've loved us and our four children and their spouses and all of their children and our four elderly parents that you embraced as they came into our household. That is just a beautiful thing. I mean, you, um, you just took all of that in stride and loved them just like you've loved us. You have loved us in spite of our messiness and our sinfulness and our inadequacies and our failures in many, many ways. And that just, I mean, you love each other that way too. And it's just a beautiful thing to be part of the body of Christ where you just know we all fit and we fit together together. And like Kaylin said, you've loved us through birth, you've loved us through all the stages of child rearing, and some of you have been more part of that than others, and you know more of what I mean. (laughs) Uh, You've loved us through weddings and graduations and weddings and sicknesses and elderly parents and deaths, just every stage of life, you've loved us through that Two. One of the things, and I've said this before, that I treasure the most about our life at Filbert as Wallace being the pastor is the way you loved our children biblically. You have taught them, you've reproved them, you've corrected them, and you've trained them in righteousness. And when they were young, I had to have lots of conversations with people, encouraging them to, you need to let us know when things are going on in Sunday school or wherever it is, you need to work with us. And it's not easy to, I know, to correct the pastor's children. It feels awkward and it feels uncomfortable. But it it was so important for you to love them in that way and be willing to do that. It's an incredible privilege the way God's woven our lives together in his tapestry. And I love to think of that. Edith Schaefer wrote a book where she expanded on that imagery. And I love to think of that, that God's weaving his tapestry. He's weaving his tapestry all the time. And Filbert's just a small part of that. And Wallace and Ruth are a T90 part of the Filbert part of the tapestry. But a, a thought that came has come to me in the last few days, if you're a weaver or a knitter or a crochet, if you do anything like that, you know there are several ways to change colors when you're working with the, the threads. One of the ways is you lay one thread on the other, the old color on the new color. And then you weave with that for a while until the old thread wears out, not wears out, runs out. And then goes on, you just continue on with your pattern with the new color. And God just brought that thought to me that that's what God's done here. In the previous pastoral transitions, another way to change colors is you tie off the old color and then you start with the new. And that's what God did. He tied off the old, the colors Tied off the old one, went on with the new. But now, he wove with Wallace for a while, the single thread of Wallace, and then he brought on Dave and wove with the two threads together as he was changing the color. And now he's gotten to the end of the old thread of Wallace, and he's going to go on with the new thread of Dave and pretty soon, he's going to have the new thread of the associate pastor to go along with the old thread of Dave, and he's just going to keep on weaving his tapestry. And that's, that's what's so beautiful about all of this, is that it's his story, it's his tapestry, and, and he's going to keep using us in other ways and other parts of his tapestry, and as long as we have life and breath. But y'all and us are both part of his story, and it's been an incredible, unspeakable, undescribable privilege to be part of the filbert part of that tapestry, and I can't thank you enough.
12: Yeah. Y'all, come up, y'all come up there so I can see you... <laughs> Um, the the transition uh, in the first part of Judge of, of Joshua has always well originally I used to think that this transition when Moses was dead uh, was shocking and surprising and, and rather harsh. You know, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, you and all this people. And cross this Jordan into the land that I promised to give them. But that transition I understand now is is normal that this is this is the right way to do it. Now it came about after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given to them, to the sons of of Israel, uh, and the the promise is to go to go forward. Um, he says, "No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses. I will be with you." The Emmanuel principle: God with you, Jesus. We we know this so much more clearly in the in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, than in the old. But it was it was clear back then. Be strong and courageous. Do uh, be careful. Uh, to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. you know, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night, so that thou shalt be careful to do everything that is written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. So arise and go forward into this, this adventure and blessing that the Lord is, is, is giving you and giving this congregation. To this people, Christ's flock of sheep here at Filbert and the community surrounding, lots of Christians out there in the community surrounding as well, a blessed place to serve, uh, as the Lord promised Joshua. And we praise the Lord, and we know, uh, as, as it has been said before, that um, and I, we, uh, I think it was actually at least two of the deacons or deacons' wives said this the other night, that, um, that when the Lord is leading, it is obviously, they, they turned to me and said, it, it's obviously not you, it's the Lord that's leading. And then they said, oh, and not you either, Dave. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what we believe. So I want you to go ahead and open this. Um, so this is, this is Zechariah 4, 6, not by might not by power but by my spirit says the lord so that's we we that's what our prayer is for you and so okay and so now we pass the baton <laughs> on to you
13: <laughs> thank you
12: And and so in the the words of of Paul and Georgia Settle uh, speaking to us, just keep on keeping on. All right,
1: Wallace, wait one minute. I don't know about you, Daniel Mitchell, but I love hearing Wallace sing. And the one song that I know the little ones all the up the up to the oldest one in here knows is Jesus Loves Me. So as Greer is making his way up here to close us in prayer... Can we all stand, and Wallace, would you lead us in one verse of Jesus Loves Me?
4: (laughs)
12: Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so.
14: Wallace and Ruth, we love you. And uh, words can't describe how appreciate it and how much we love you, so thank you so much. Let's, uh, y'all yeah, would remain standing. Let's close in prayer. Lord, you're a compassionate and a loving and a merciful and gracious God, and Lord, we just, uh, we come to you thanking you so much, Father, for how you have shown us that compassion and mercy and grace, and Lord, how you've used Wallace and Ruth to, to shepherd us and to guide us, and Lord, it's been uh, such, a, such an honor, God, to, to have um, been their sheep and to have uh, been a part of this church family, and Lord, again, we just, we love them uh, so much, and Lord, we just uh, thank you and praise you, and just we love you, God, thank you again for, for the blessing that they have been for all these four decades plus, God, we just, um, we thank you and give you all the glory. And Father, we just, uh, as we leave here, we, we ask that you would bless Dave and Carly and the children, and, and uh, as they take this ministry from here, Lord, we ask your blessings on the families of this congregation, and Father, again, all praise and honor and glory to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.